right, welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. My name is Scott McKenzie, and this podcast is uniquely positioned. And what I mean by that, we bring the medical industry, the medical professionals to you, and we talk about better pain management. We talk about rehab after surgery. We talk about improved mobility. And we talk about preventative care. And you know what else? We talk about so much more on this particular podcast. Now, thank you for joining this podcast. So let's get on with the interview. All right. I'm super excited about In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy just because we get to have a great conversation with great people. And that happens all the time. But before we get into that conversation, remember to go out to In, well, no, not In Your Corner. I already said that, but corephysicaltherapy.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, that should be the number one place to start with all of that. CoraPhysicalTherapy.com. You will not be disappointed. Absolutely great website. All right. You should have heard the pre-podcast banter prior to this uh, recording. And uh, uh, this is going to be a great co- conversation. We have uh, two wonderful individuals, Chuck and Stacy. And see, you planted the doggone seed pre, uh, pre-conversation. Schrutzman. Did I get that? Schrutzman. You betcha. And then, <laughs> and then we have Chris Zen. He's with Core Physical Therapy. How are you doing, Chris? How are you doing, Chuck? How are you doing, Stacy? We're doing just fine. Fantastic. All right, for the listeners out there, we need a sort of level set. We need to sort of say who you are. So we're going to start with Chuck. Chuck, give us a little background with the help of Stacy. Now you can jump in. Uh, a little background on on who you are and what you're all about. Yes, this is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Chuck Schrutzman, a former soldier. Uh, he he um, served 26 years in the Army. Yeah. Um, before that, he played, he played Army football at the United States Military Academy, West Point. Um, and then he served 26 years in the Army as just an overall just badass. I know about that, and I say you were. <laughs> yeah, I, I see. Uh, college, college has started. The football has started. And then uh, they showed the, the army coming out carrying the flags on 9 11, which was an absolutely incredible sight. So proud. So proud of them. So yeah, proud of them. It was. All right. Stacy, if you want, give us a little background. We'll shift to Chris if not. You bet. So we, we met we met uh, at West Point. We were both cadets there. Uh, I was a basketball player. Chuck was a football player. We kind of uh, became really good friends. We served in a, a platoon together for summer training, and we repelled off cliffs together, dug foxholes together, and became really good friends. And then one thing just kind of led to another. And, and yeah, we dated for four years, and then we got married a couple weeks after I graduated. Um, and then we started our career in the military, moved all over the world. Chuck has uh, given us a wonderful life uh, in the military, traveling all over the world, Germany, Hawaii. Um, and then we, we have three children, all of which now are uh, West Point graduates and serving in the military. Our daughter, our bonus baby, though, she's a senior at West Point. And she's going to go out and, and hopefully if she gets her branch choice, fly helicopters. So we're super That's proud amazing. of that. Wow, yes. Chris, oh. you suck. You know, you got to follow that. <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. got to follow that. You should see his baby. You should see his baby. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not on that side, man. I'll tell yeah. you. 
All right, Chris, give us a little background on who you are. <laughs> All right. Uh, I am Chris Zinn. I am a physical therapist assistant. Um, I've been practicing for seven years. I actually started flying helicopters myself when I was two years old. So, you know. Nice. One of, there you uh, go. No. Well, well um, played. Well played. <laughs> that's an amazing story. That They have a wonderful family. So great people. Oh, wow. Um, so I've been a physical therapist assistant for about seven years. What my role and my title is in physical therapy is I work with wonderful um, doctors of physical therapy or physical therapists. They evaluate patients, um, come up with a good diagnosis and a plan of care for patients. And then we see it through together as a team. Um, so that's kind of how I met Chuck and um, Stacy there and had my experience with them. Um, I've been with four um, core of physical therapy for four years last week. So it's been a wonderful ride here and a great company to be a part of. So. Congratulations. Are you down Thank in Florida? You. Are you down in Florida, uh, Chris? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in Savannah, Georgia. You're in Savannah, Georgia. That's yeah. Nice. Beautiful Savannah, Georgia. So. That's a nice place. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So listeners, we're going to be talking about uh, ALS and uh, Chuck has been uh, diagnosed with ALS and Stacy's so kind to be a part of this whole journey with uh, Chuck and the family. Uh, the the question I have, and, and Chris, chime in when you want to chime in. Sure. It's, it's all good. Um, and yeah, we can we can digress and go football or wherever or you know hockey, which is pretty cool, by the way. But yeah, anyway, let's let's start. And and I I don't I don't have an answer to this. The is there a family history of ALS? Does it, is it generational? Does it happen like that? Does anybody know? There are certainly, there are certainly two types. Uh, there is uh, familial ALS, which affects generations after generations mm. after generations. And it's absolutely devastating. Mm. And then there is a form that uh, Chuck has, which is called sporadic ALS, which has 90 and 90% of cases are sporadic. A familial ALS is 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 pretty rare. Is very, even more rare than sporadic ALS. So, so let's let's start on this this sort of uh, laying this foundation. So, you've got this sporadic ALS, and you didn't know you, you didn't know you, you had your career. You're starting you know you're starting the civilian life, and you're just and then all of a sudden you started feeling different. Is that how, how did it start happening? Well, you're talking you're talking about a, a, a soldier warrior. Um, I'm ranger, airborne ranger Bad. has served for combat war combat tours. And you know, a division one athlete. Um, a lot of Chuck's mantra and a lot of what any kid growing up in Northeast Philly's mantra is, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna show. I'm going to, sh I'm going to lead by example, and I'm going to show through my physicality. So Chuck is an avid workout person. He's run marathons. He's run, you know, triathlons and literally he was going to go out and he was going to run with his soldiers to teach them how to stay physically fit. Um, and he did the same with our children. He, he would never ask anybody to do something that he wasn't willing to do right alongside of them. And so all those years, he was very in tune with his body. And he's very in tune with kind of, you know, the ebbs and the flows, the weight gain, the weight loss, you know, taking new assignments and, and, and having to buck up and power up to be able to match the type of physicality of wherever unit he was with. Um, and so 
as we got older, 47, 48 years old, he started to notice, you know, some, some muscle tension in his lower calves after a workout. And it just started very slowly. And I will say that most of the, of the, of the first onset, the first thing that happened was the muscle twitches, which now we know are muscle fasciculations in his lower limbs. That was the first thing. And we just thought, well, maybe you just ran, you know, that eight miles a little too hard. And that's what he was, you know, feeling the ramifications of. So a lot of the early signs were very hindsight in nature. Oh, that must have been the beginning signs of what we now call ALS. So the first thing was the muscle fasciculations. Then fast forward a year or so, and he started to have trouble standing like for long periods and, he, and his balance started to be affected. And then I think the real aha, okay, something's actually wrong is when you, you started to trip when you were jogging, he would start to trip kind of like a little bit of a drop foot. And then that's when he was like, okay, something's not right. And then we went and sought, you know, some help. So you, you went down that road, you said, okay, something's not right. It's been a year, you're 47, 48, right in that a year has passed. Then you, upon hindsight, you're saying, oh yeah, those were early signs. So you said, I got to go in. So you go in. I I said he had to go in. I said, you need to go in. So I contacted his, I contacted his buddy, his buddy who had, you know, connections, football, army football connections, actually. Um, And I spoke with him about it. One of his best friends, Greg Gadsden spoke with him and he's like, Stace, he's like, I think that maybe we need to bring, I actually had done the ice bucket challenge and a lot of the stuff that Chuck was kind of complaining about kind of popped up on these websites, you know, that I had gone to to donate for the ice bucket challenge and for the ALS association. And then I sent an email to the ALS association kind of describing what was happening. And a woman sent a note right back to me and said, you might want to schedule an appointment. And so then that's when I talked to Greg Gadsden down by, you know, in Virginia, and he hooked us up with Walter Reed. So we went down to Walter Reed and they basically said, this guy mm-hmm. is basically six foot two of twisted steel and six feet. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they said, they said there's, they said, there's no way that, that he presents as having ALS. There's just no way. And they told me to, to not very nicely. They told me to stop being a Google doctor and to just, you know, just take, take care of yourself. And, you know, which was I, sometimes, you know, we get a little overzealous on the Google searches, you know? Um, so anyway, long story short, that's kind of when we sought help for, for and at first. And they really, it was really a mystery to them because he was so strong. You know, typically an ALS patient, they get diagnosed and they're no longer with us within two to five years. So they really deteriorate quickly mm-hmm. and enter for us, enter physical therapy. So <clears throat> you're diagnosed. You're already twisted steel. You, you, you take care of yourself. And a name comes to mind. His name is Steve Gleason. He was the special team saints and he's still around. And he's still uh, flourishing. He's, and, and to you, Chris, is there a benefit, a benefit of being physically fit and, and the ability to be able to fight and to, to, to just keep grinding it out? Is there a, a benefit associated with that? Sure. Um, Steve Gleason, by the way, punt block heard around the world. What, what an amazing game against Atlanta Falcons that was, right? Oh, yeah, yeah baby. That happened after Katrina and everything. That was amazing. What a guy. Um, yeah, there is a benefit to that. And, you know, you know, 
being physically fit and being in shape and things like that, you know, you, you can, you can definitely, um, just like with any type of disease or any situation, you know, try to have a little more of a bounce back or, or a better recovery or maintenance program there. Um, but the attitude and the mindset that someone like Chuck has, you know what I mean, is in his motto, not today, we'll leave out the last words there, but not today, you know, in the fight that you have there and, and, you know, the spirit that he has as well can definitely help you. It's a tremendous thing, right? Mind over matter with that type of thing. I mean, we all know what this is, what ALS is, what it does in your two to five year mindset and throw that out the window type thing. And like, you know, come in every day, you wake up, you think about what's going on and it kind of breaks you down a little bit, but fight it. Not today. Let's get in, let's battle it and, and let's rock and roll. You know what I mean? And so mentally there, if you don't give up, it's a big aspect of it. Certainly there are different, there are different types of ALS. So, some get diagnosed early on as slow, sure. slower progression. Some, you know, and especially if it affects you in different areas, Chuck was limb onset. So if it, mm -hmm. if it starts in the limbs, typically then that starts to attack the limbs first. If it's bulbar, like if it starts to affect your speech first, and those are the things that you're noticing first, then I, sometimes I think that it starts to attack those mechanisms first and then you know, so it, it, it really exactly. depends on the individual, but, but I will tell you from the minute, you know, we were, we're both college athletes and from the minute that we, Chuck specifically got this sobering news, he said, okay, well, we're not changing anything. We both grew up <laughs> in locker rooms. We both grew up on teams. I was a part of the ultimate team of the United States army. Our left and right limits are our teammates on our right and our teammates on our left. So we need a teammate. And then that's when we decided we made our money in the gym. Let's get back in the gym and let's find a battle buddy in, in a physical therapist. And, yeah. you know, and unfortunately back then, six, seven years ago, physical therapy isn't necessarily something that the ALS community believed in. And we were told, and we got told, no, we got told very soberingly, we got ambushed and told, no, you need to go sit down and rest and preserve your energy and you start using your wheelchairs and Chuck and I looked at each other and we, we grabbed each other's cheeks and we said basically not today mother freakers we're not doing that today and we're getting to the gym and we're gonna get physical therapy and so yeah we so so with that with that mindset you're, you're saying hey not today yeah no I'm not gonna sit in that doggone will I'm gonna fight it I'm gonna fight it every single day now, has the, the mindset with how the treatment of ALS changed as a result of that, Chris? Um, yes. You, you know, every, every day there's new research and, and different opportunities out there, and that's what's so great, and we'll get into talking about the ALS um, program there. Um, but, yeah, you know, different research is, is helping along the way. Okay. You know, you have to kind of shop around too. You have to, you have to find a physical therapist. When we, yes. When we first came to, to, to Philadelphia, we, there were several physical therapists in the office and they, they put us with someone who had experience with Parkinson's ALS type patients. Mm -hmm. When we came to Cora down in Savannah, they put us with, you know, with a certain, I remember I called the downtown Savannah office and they said, we don't think that we'd be your best fit. And they referred us out to Chris out at the islands, uh, Cora yeah. in the islands. And it was a beautiful fit. And so 
Okay, so I, I hear what you're saying. So go ahead. I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say in one of the best days of my life there, meeting them and getting the opportunity to work with them. And we had a phenomenal staff on the Islands Clinic, as we called it. Um, great PT and PTA and front desk as well, PSC as they call them. Um, but together as a group, right, kind of speaking what Stacy was saying, where it used to be, you have this diagnosis, sit down, take your time, you know what I mean? And just, you know, now it's like we're in physical therapy, right? You're here. Our main focus is to improve and maintain your range of motion, your strength, your stamina um, for safety with walking and balance, you know, and that's just the physical therapy aspect of it. Um, you don't want to overexert, right, you know, and go crazy with things. And Stacy definitely held myself and Chuck accountable with that, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but then see, we have another. I, I see, I'm going to I'm gonna have to walk on you, Chris. I guarantee you, <laughs> Chuck and Stacy, they're, they're not, they, they'll want to push. How do you, yeah. how do you, how do you, how do you well, sort of Chuck wants so, to push. Chuck, ah. Chuck wants to push. This was our daily life. Chuck wanted to push. I would hold the reins a little bit. Stacy would kind of keep us both in check. And then Chuck and I might have to have a game plan after each visit of what we're going to say to Stacy so we don't get in trouble. Um, and that's how we lived our daily life there. But I did want to make a, um, a note here as well that in physical therapy and we have occupational therapists and, um, speech pathologists as well and we all work together as a team because as this and like in chuck's case working distal or hands you know to arms and then coming centrally you know it'll start to affect your difficulty talking and swallowing and breathing at towards the end and so there's a great group of teams that work together there right your speech therapy as well they work with you know because how important is it to swallow your food right let alone just trying to breathe and things like that and the occupational therapist they can get in and hone in on the use of the arms and daily functional use brush your teeth right feed yourself and so it's a whole it was an underutilized and underknown um aspect of it right i mean it's a it's a team everybody together so Absolutely. Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. and the willingness to think outside the box and to accept sure. a patient, because I think physical therapy in general, the ultimate goal is to get you better and get you out and mm -hmm. to, to bring in and to change that mindset that an ALS patient, okay, well, we know they're not going to get better. So I'm, I'm going to wrap my head yeah. mentally around, I need to establish a relationship with this person to keep them as strong as possible without, without, you know, kind of getting ahead of myself. I just think yeah. it's uh, the so, battle buddy mentality, the battle buddy mentality. Exactly. And every day is different, right? I mean, you can ask Chuck, right? It's like, Hey, how are you doing today? The most important thing, right? You get your subjective information and man, today he might have muscle twitches and spasming of the legs and, you know, and then we could utilize, um, our awesome PT that is there, Dr. Caleb Pope, for dry needling and different aspects of it. Um, you know, and, and we might switch it up and just work functional stuff for balance and safety and strength training. And I mean, every day is different. And boy, an hour doesn't really do it justice of, of the things that you can do to help there, you know. The, the question I have, and I'm going to digress a little bit, is the one sure. that is like, okay, We've got uh, Chuck and Stacy saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna go down the road and we're gonna find a uh, the right uh, PT solution." And then you you contact Cora. You you say, "Okay, well, we might not be able to do it, but we have a recommendation." Why why was it you, Chris? What brought what what characteristics fit better with Chuck and Stacy? I mean, I, 
I mean, it's just, you know, when I think about it, I mean, why you? Yes. Uh, Because I'm super awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we had a just our fit on the islands and, and ourselves that were there, right? The clinicians that we had, again, it was myself, Dr. Caleb Pope, um, Haley Blair was there, another PTA. We had two amazing front desk people, Desiree and Nico. Just would like to give them a shout out with it as well because of how important, pivotal situation they were as well. But we just, we had an, a clinic. It was a larger clinic, a lot of room, some really neat things that we could utilize there. And, um, you know, just the mentality and the mindset of, and here's another person that has this thing going on. Let's rock and roll with them every single day and try to get them better and, and just live life to the fullest every day. Right. Um, Dr. Pope brought us in and she, and she did, she thought outside the box and she says, we're going to take this challenge and we're going to, we're going to do a little extra. We're going to do a little extra research and we're going to try to figure out how to keep him on his feet. And, you know, Desiree, Desiree and Nico. Nico was new at the time, but Desiree at the front desk, I remember she was the first person I talked to. And, you know, we, we, we moved to Savannah. We were, we were there for a relatively short time, but we moved down there. So I was in a complete move situation and I needed to have continuity. I needed to leave here in from Philadelphia. I needed to move to Savannah and have him not skip a physical therapy appointment. And Desiree made it happen. She's the sure. one that happened. And she just, she's like, we're not going to, we're not going to drop the ball on this one. I just, honestly, yeah. she really put my mind at ease and she just really went through the process of making sure that the scheduling was great. And I really, really appreciated her for that. And for anybody that's like listened, listening or anything at all, and not to like plug that. And, and that's, what's neat is we have so many clinics around here, right? I'm actually the clinic manager of our poor, our pooler clinic on the West side. We had the islands and midtown and downtown and people specialize in different things. And there's many different times, you know, where a patient calls or a family member calls and says, hey, we have this going on. You know, can you help us? And it's yes, I could definitely help you. But maybe this clinic, a sister clinic here would be better suited for you. And it's all about getting the right fit for the right people with the right diagnosis in the right spot. You know, and that's what's great about this company here and why I really enjoy it. Oh, and because the downtown office of the down, we lived in downtown Savannah and Chuck could have just rolled down there in his wheelchair, but and they, wanted, they wanted to have us, but they were just like, but with him, there's a couple steps leading into the door. It's a smaller facility. Yeah. I just, I, I was forever grateful for speaking to the person at that front desk to refer me out to Cora because he knew what you guys had. And I just think I, that speaks volumes about the organization. Yeah. It really does. Side note, super awesome wheelchair. And we should touch base on that a little bit. You know, once we get through this segment of it, of you guys literally rolling through town, you pedaling Chuck around, beers in hand, and, oh, and how you okay. got that. So that's side note. Bike. Yeah, wheelchair bike. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me, let me, I got a couple of questions. I'm going to pepper you guys. Sure, One, sorry. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Don't worry about that. I'm, I'm enjoying the, the banter. <laughs> take us, take the listeners through a typical treatment uh, of Chuck, meaning uh, uh, one of the words that uh, s- sort of jumped out at me was skip. We don't skip. And, and, and so you're, you're, you're committed to a treatment regimen. What does that look like? So uh, typical treatment regimen, again, it's, there's no like textbook of where you're at and that's with anybody, you know, we see what's going on with Chuck that day, kind of get some feedback. How you feeling? If he's feeling pretty good, you know, we like to start with a good warm up. Right. Just well, get the cardiovascular. Do you talk, do you talk trash with Chuck? 
you say, oh my God, I don't, don't want to hear you whine. No whine. Oh, yeah. Day, Chuck. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No whine. <laughs> no. He wasn't a whiner. But yeah, we might do like a cardiovascular warm up or something just to get the blood flowing and, and you know, start there. And then, um, you know, I personally like to get into functional use and different things, you know, for him on a typical day, it might be um, navigating steps, you know, so we'd work some step things and balance coordination, you know, just to kind of help for safety there. And um, can I rewind yeah. a little bit to before, yeah, sure. before the appointment, what happens is and just to, just to, you know, to reiterate how important it is to Chuck is that, he, he, you know, he gets up, we do the whole manscape thing. He gets into his wheelchair. He drives down to the wheelchair van. We load him into the wheelchair van. And then he gets up out of his wheelchair van. So we pull up to core physical therapy. And then he wants to get up and walk to get warmed up into the office. So there we are. We get him up. He's walking down the ramp, the couple steps, the couple steps into Chris. And then I hand him off to Chris. And then Chris then would just take it from there. And I sure. would exit because I think what's really important is that the two of them had this relationship and it was very good for Chuck's morale. Yeah. For those listeners out there that um, the importance of the morale between the patient and the physical therapist, it's, it's, it's their plan. It's theirs. I get to see my way out of it. You know, I get to, and, and Chuck and Chris. No way I know but I love that one. That's right. That's right. I didn't have to be there to translate. And Chuck really liked the fact that Chris really tried hard to understand his words and what he was saying. Yeah. Really important. Really important. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then, then Chris would. Yeah. And Mimi too. Exactly. Mimi. That's Haley Blair they're referring to. That's my uh, co-PTA as she was like the driver there of, uh, of pain. You know what I mean? So Chuck nicknamed her Mimi. But yeah, so right into like, you know, if we're trying to work functional stuff or strength training and, and everything is different. There was days where, I mean, I would literally put Chuck on a towel, slide his butt literally to the wall, put his feet on the wall to stretch his hamstrings because he liked to do that. And then we might dry needle afterwards or foam roll, you know, just after we work out. So every day was different, but um, it was challenge, work up to work up to everything without overdoing it. And then just try to show the muscles and chuck some love afterwards, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, great and, hour, man. What a great there hour. Was, there was some trial and error, right? Chris, we had conversations afterwards where we thought maybe oh that I thought that he was a little too fatigued. Sure. Because we started three days a week. Yeah. And then we pulled back to two days. Yep. A week. Yeah. So right now yep. you're two days a week. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then, and then after after treatment, you're 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 pretty exhausted. Is that an accurate statement? Um. Oh, and then he, um, yeah. The the goal was for him not to be exhausted because yeah. an ALS patient, if they get too tired, they don't re they don't recover. And so the goal exactly. was not to get yeah. them too yep. exhausted, but to stretch the muscles, to give him good range of motion, and to leave there feeling like he first of all in his his athletic mind that he accomplished something. Yeah. He had some great interaction with his battle buddy for his morale and his body felt better than when he went in. It was, he says it was not easy, but he, he, yeah. 
he was dedicated. I, exactly. I think it's important to just to acknowledge that with this case and this diagnosis, it is you just want to maintain. That's the most important thing. You don't want to overexert, like Stacy was saying, because of the bounce back afterwards. So improve function for safety, and then kind of maintain your strength and everything where you're where you're at there. And you know, and it, it was hard. It was hard for all of us because I'm a pusher, right? I'm a progressor with things. I mean, look at Chuck. I mean, his life story tells you enough of that. And then it's like, you know, yeah. we got our. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you this: uh, What is probably the biggest challenge in the two-day uh, approach given given you know you, you got to have that conversation where are we at what are we doing all that conversation has to take what's the biggest challenge share with with the listeners for for chuck's perspective yeah. from chuck's perspective what's the biggest challenge every uh, he's he's saying that everything is hard yeah. Everything is hard. And, you know, the, the, the transferring into the vehicle, the getting out of the vehicle, yeah. I think he had, have a little bit of a sigh once we're in the clinic. Um, and then he gets to work in the clinic yeah. and then having to transfer out to get back in the vehicle. I mean, if, if you could imagine for those people that are listening that don't have ALS, if you can imagine just, and I say this to myself probably five to 10 times a day, just take 10 pound dumbbells and strap them to your wrists and your ankles and your hips, and then try to move uh, uh, throughout your day. And then every day add a little bit more weight. That's kind of the, what Chuck is dealing with on a daily basis. Wow. That's an interesting perspective. Yes. And, 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 I, and I can only imagine, right? If I did that, of course, uh, Chuck, you can appreciate it. I could probably handle 50 pounds on each side, you know. <laughs> For a couple of minutes. But in the end, he says, you got to do what you got to do. Keep moving forward, yes. So let's shift a little gears here and let's say, okay, you've touched my heart, you've touched my mind, you've touched... And, and I'm inspired. I'm inspired by the story of not just Chuck, but you too, Stacy. Chris, you're fine. But those two, there's an inspiration that exists out there of how working together, driving each other, balance, all of the stuff that is necessary to bring about a positive result. Uh, what do you want to just sort of share with individuals that uh, – have had that same diagnosis, same news. What what type of hope can you provide to them? Chuck says, if you can come at it with the mindset that that to just try to be a blessing every day to everything and everyone around you. Um, I think that the, the biggest thing I would say, because I know my own emotions after we received the diagnosis and for fear. I mean, I'm an army wife. I've said goodbye to him, training missions and deployments. And I've been saying goodbye to him my whole life. Yeah. And I will say that it's not, it's not going to happen today. You're not going to lose each other today. Take a big deep breath and just try to, and I know it's so cliche, but you really do just have to live in a very tight shocker, a very, you know, today, tomorrow, this week, you can't, get bogged down by the future. Yeah. You can't get bogged down by the big picture because it's too gruesome. 
and it's too scary. You just literally have to live with it. It helps if you're as crazy about somebody as I am about this guy and it, it he's his spirit and his vitality and his love for everybody around him. I mean, I think when he probably first saw the, the folks in the clinic, he thought, okay, this could be my squad. This is, these are my, these are my, this is going to be my new unit, my mil- military unit. Yeah. And to him, I think that he has a lot of love and a lot of fervor for people that are so selfless. And so I think that's another morale boost, but I would tell we would definitely tell people that are going through this to just hang on, hold on tight, laugh and appreciate each other every single day. That's what we would tell you. Wow. Yeah. God, that's, that's, that's a beautiful statement. All right. Let's talk a little bit about I am ALS, the charity. Why that charity? Right. So Chuck, Chuck has been following very closely Brian Wallach, who is also an ALS patient, um, and he is a warrior. And so we've been on kind of the ALS, uh, in the ALS, you know, world now for six years, and there are some fantastic organizations. And, you know, you're dealing with people that get diagnosed and within two to five years, most of them are gone. And so the efforts to kind of gather people together, you know, there have been a lot of efforts, a lot of fantastic efforts, but at the end of the day, it's such a vast problem. And we feel like he has really brought people together. He's really been able on a, you know, very quickly, he's been able to mobilize forces and put people around the table to try to really go forward with finding a cure for ALS and, and Chuck. What's that? Right, right. And so they they kind of came around the table and decided that, okay, maybe we're overreaching to try to find the ta-da, the big cure, as opposed to maybe this is going to be more of a therapy situation with different therapies and let's change our way of thinking. And and so we just feel like that that effort, bringing everybody, all of the efforts of all of the ALS charities together, we feel like he's he has been that person for us. Uh, Chris, tell us a little bit about uh, Core Unites. Okay, Core Unites, phenomenal, phenomenal um, program that we have. Um, it is a platform where we can we can connect with our patients' experience um, with the communities that we serve in. And so, this Core Unites will actually be our second annual event that we host. And it's a way for basically what it is is. If you work for Cora, you can you can recommend to celebrate a patient. Basically, um, this year we decided um, Kayla Pope reached out and and decided to um, recommend we celebrate Chuck and, and what he's here for and what we have going on and, and with ALS. And um, we were selected with that, and it's a good way for us to um, get out with an event. We do a 5K. It's like I said, it's our second annual event. And we're hosting it on October 9th this year, which is the physical therapy day of service. Um, and it's a good way to donate, give back, and all your proceeds go towards his choice or whoever we're, re- we're representing. Last year was a, a gentleman named Evan for 5K, you know, um, whatever they want to try to give back to. So um, we're, we're doing that for IMALS this year. All right. 
we're going to have to wrap it up. Unfortunately, this is an absolutely incredible story. Sure. Uh, how does someone, let's say I'm in a position and I'm looking for help and I'm looking for um, something to hold on to. Uh, Chuck and Stacy, is there a way of being able to say, hey, I need help. Where do I go? Can they get in contact with you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. How, how, do, how do we do that? Well, absolutely. Via e You guys can give a shout us out via email and then okay. we, can, we can talk. Uh, we are so open and we are so willing to talk to anybody that is going through yeah. this journey. Um, you know, whether or not you're a veteran yeah. like Chuck or, or you're a civilian, it's please reach out to us and we'll be happy to talk to you. Chris, the same for you. How do people get a hold of you? Um, so they can um, research anything through Cora, search if you like. Um, I actually have a personal email address. My email address is czinn -N at corahealth.com. Um, I'm always open to, to answer any questions or help anybody along the way. Um, I would like to also just for anybody that's listening, if they want to be a part of the Cora Unites in Chuck's honor, um, you can search Cora Unites on Facebook um, and look for the virtual 5K event page there to help donate or be a part of this. Again, this race is on October 9th or not race. The run is on October 9th, but we're honoring it all the way through the 31st. You can do it anywhere. It's virtual. So you can do it at home, beach, clinic, whatever you like to be a part of it. Um, as well as you can search core physical therapy on any of the social media channels that we have, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, we're on all of that. If you want to be a part of it, I mean, it's a minimal fee to get in there to really help a lot of people and do a great thing. So I just wanted to kind of bring that apart there as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll give you, I'll give you, uh, our, our email address is Shretz, S-C-H-R-E-T-Z 55 at msn.com. Please feel free to reach out to us and let's all get out there and do do a wonderful thing and let's unite and and walk this, run this, roll this. Let's all do it and get out there for a good for a good cause. Absolutely. Oh, Chuck, Stacy, you were wonderful. Well, Chris, we, we appreciate Cora. We appreciate you all. Thank you so much for having no, us. No, no, no. We love Chris, you, Chris. You are wonderful too. All Thank right. you. Great that to be a part of. I'll tell you right now, that's what's in your corner with core physical therapy. That is exactly what it's all about. I love the hope. I love the positive, uh, something to hold on to, not feeling alone. Thank you, too, for, and thank you for what you're doing. All right, again, listeners, we're going to have those contact informations. Uh, reach out. Do not hesitate. Go to corephysicaltherapy.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, I guarantee you they'll direct you in the right area for help. You too, and you, Chris, wonderful. Thank you very much for being on In Your Point. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you.